Welcome and thank you for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. And we're here to talk about something that's very exciting for all Trekker fans, which is the new audio adaptation of Trekker. We're huge fans of audio adventures, from audiobooks to classic radio serials to modern audio plays from companies like Big Finish. So we're very excited about Trekker being adapted for audio, and the best people to tell us about this exciting new project are those people involved in creating the new audio series. Let's start with showrunner Gene Hendricks, who has adapted the story and is directing the first season. We've known Gene for several years, and he's a good friend of ours in the comics and podcast community. We've had the opportunity to hang out with Gene at conventions, and we've even been guests on his podcast, so we're very excited to have Gene in charge of this project. And Gene is one of the winners of the Trekker Toast Award, where we recognize those who help promote our show. So Gene, tell our listeners a little about yourself, as well as the group that's adapting Trekker for audio. All right. Uh, well, first of all, Darren Ruth, thank you for having us on on the show. Uh, it's I've I've listened to every episode of Trekker Talk as it's come out, which is wonderful. So it's great being here. As far as myself, I've been in the podcasting game for almost ten years now, which is actually rather frightening to say. <laughs> and among you know among that group of people, there was. Uh, Thomas DJ and Chris Honeywell, who were talking about doing an audio adaptation of uh, Strangers of Paradise done by Terry Moore. And I it's it's weird. I've been wanting to get into voice acting for a while. And I saw Tom's post on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, I know him. My wife loves that series. What the heck? <laughs> so I <laughs> sent him a message and I got involved in the Akadeka Ganagan Theater Works and it is snowballed from there. So it's, it's a great group of people. We have all kind of creative types, uh, musicians, sound editors, actors, writers. It, it's a wonderful group to be a part of and none of us take ourselves too seriously, which is always a fun thing. Oh, that sounds terrific. And we're fans of Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise as well and have really enjoyed the episodes that we've heard. So it's terrific that you guys are doing this and that now you're moving on to something else. Yeah, talented bunch. So let me ask you, Gene, what is it about Ron Randall's Trekker that made you want to adapt it for audio? Well, when you read it, and much, much like you, I am a big fan of old time radio. Uh, mm. I've listened to all kinds of things, uh, mainly on Radio Classics on Sirius XM, but I grew up with that. My, I've, I actually have records of The Shadow, Abbott and Costello, The Lone oh. Ranger, nice. all these programs. So that's stuff that I would grow, I grew up listening to. And when you read the comics, when you read Ron Randall's Trekker comics, he has the narration boxes and it sounds like, Sam Spade or Richard Diamond or Johnny Dollar telling you the story. It's, it just, when we were looking for a, a new genre to go into, that just jumped right to my head. I'm like, this is pretty much already there. It just needs to be translated into the script form and make my job very easy. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's a perfect description of it. I always think of, you know, it's sort of retro noir because it feels like film noir, but it feels like Flash Gordon. It's perfect description, Gene. I understand. Also joining us 
are Amy Riddle, who plays bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair, and Femi London, who plays Mercy's best friend Molly Sundowner. So, Amy and Femi, tell us a little about yourselves and how you got involved in this project. Um, it was the same way through uh, an, a listing for Strangers in Paradise. Um, I, uh, I auditioned for that first, and then um, I really enjoy this. It's kind of uh, voiceover acting is something that I've been looking into, and you know, being able to be in Terry Moore's Stranger in Paradise um, just it's really nice for me. And then Gene held auditions for Trekker, and I came in two minutes to midnight and auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And in fact, I was in that same audition group that Amy was in, and I, I am absolutely in love with Molly. I love the character so much. Um, had already had already auditioned for Molly, but when I heard Amy's audition for Mercy, I literally was like, "Wait, wait, wait! Can we can we run can we run Molly's side? Because I just want to read this opposite Amy because it was it was so good." Um, but uh, my story is very similar to what Amy's is. Uh, she's actually the one who uh, originally told me about the Strangers in Paradise and hey, they're casting and and this is a cool thing. And we both ended up getting cast in it and just joining the Akadekagonagon family, which has been a very interesting ride. <laughs> Those are wonderful stories. And I tell you, we love Molly, too. Everyone loves Molly, who's Red Trekker. But uh, hearing the two of you together perform Mercy and Molly has been amazing for us to hear today. Let me ask you, Amy and Femi, what is it about each of your characters that was the most compelling or interests you the most about them? Um, I think for me, uh, Mercy, I, she doesn't really believe in, in very many people anymore. She doesn't trust very many people. And she's almost on the fence sometimes about Molly, but she does trust Molly because, you know, Molly's Molly. But she's, she's kind of navigating this world of trying to do what's right in a world where everybody does everything wrong, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's and a lot like a Western. Yeah. Oh, that's a good comment, too. Yes, it does feel a lot like a Western sometimes. Yeah. And with Molly, she's she's just the the ultimate best friend, sidekick without being a sidekick. She's an emotional sidekick. <laughs> that's and a good description. Straight from the get-go, you, you know exactly who this character is. You know that she loves Mercy more than anyone else ever has or ever will and you know at the same time she's she's not a damsel in distress she's not the uh you know, pathetic love interest who was written into the story just so that the main character would have somebody to interact with she really is her own person but she is that support that mercy needs uh without without being super clingy or desperate for attention or anything like that and i i love that about her Oh, nice. I really like that. That's a nice comment, too. <laughs> well, for all of you, uh, in addition to your characters, uh, what do you find most interesting about the setting and the world that Ron's created for Trekker? I find it very plausible. It's it's one of those retro-futuristic things that just doesn't go so far off the deep end of ray guns are the future, uh, where Obviously, they are, because who would want to live in a future without ray guns? <laughs> but, but you know, we don't all have 
you know, cybernetic implants that give us jetpacks that pop out at will, or it, it's not that over the top. You could actually see yourself maybe, maybe living there. And, and I like that I don't have to stretch my, I don't have to work that hard and stretch my imagination to find myself in, in New Galef. I'm, I am saying it wrong. How is it said? Say, say it right for me. New Galef. Galef. I always put the emphasis, no matter how, t- how many times I hear it, I put the emphasis on the wrong place. Oh, that's wonderful. That's no problem. <laughs> I kind of like how um, it seems that humans turn everything into Westerns. Um, <laughs> you know, cowboys and good guys and bad guys and um, oh, oh, Texas Rangers, which is almost what a trekker is, you know, always gets yes. their bounty. So, yeah, we have this inane ability to choose, turn any future setting into a Western. It's so true. We've had that talk with Ron before. You know, he, he really created a wonderful world with Trekker because from issue to issue, one story might be a, a Sam Spade type, you know, whodunit, like Gene was mentioning earlier, or it might be a Western. I think that was Chris, right, that mentioned the Western aspect. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, it can be a straightforward ray guns or a great <laughs> science fiction adventure. It's every one of every story can be completely different than the one before. It really opens up the world. So I love hearing all of you that that's something you've already experienced through this. That's great. Well, I'm curious to find out what involvement Trekker creator Ron Randall has had in the project and what it's been like to work with him. Well, Ron, I approached him once we all decide, hey, this sounds like a good idea. I approached him with a proposal for it. And the one thing that he wanted to have was a script review. So what I did is I wrote up the three... uh, episodes that we're doing now, so it's the first three issues of the series, and sent it to him, and he had zero notes. <laughs> he says, this sounds great, I'm happy that you're doing it, and uh, he actually came to one of our meetings, uh, and we just bounced ideas off, off him, and then he will be at our next general meeting, and after that, he is going to be a little more involved, and we'll just keep that a little quiet for now. You guys can all... Uh, find out about that as <laughs> as it comes but he he's been very good to work with he's very hands-off i think he realizes uh that we love mercy and molly and we want to do the best we can for them so it's uh it's been great <laughs> he's just oh this is wonderful keep doing it it's like a sort of a dream creative situation so far because you know you want the creator to be involved but you don't want him to be like, turn out to be like a control freak who's just like, I'm going to change every line. So, <laughs> but, but a lot of times, if, if you're a creator of something and, you know, someone gets a hold of you, you kind of, I would imagine if it was me, I would want to sort of just sort of be off to the side instead of being involved because you don't know how much time you, you might get, get required into it and you might not have that time. So it's just nice to know that he's just sort of interested in, a, in an artistic way. So that gives a, but like having collaboration with the creator is, is the greatest thing. It sounds like Tron, you know, I want to talk with the users and <laughs> that, that's such a nice way of phrasing it too, because, you know, you get to have Ron's support and participation without, you know, uh, him having to feel too involved. And that also just shows how much trust and confidence he has in what you all are doing. So I think that speaks a lot for all of you. 
Um, well, it also I, means if he sees something that he would want to add or or contribute, it, he he's going to do it. So that's always great too. So if we're so if we go off the rails. We got somebody who could say like, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> maybe, maybe don't do if that. Gene goes yeah. off the rails. <laughs> ah. Yeah, as I am known to do. Yes. <laughs> well, well, Gene. Speaking of you, I know you're familiar with Trekker because we've mm-hmm. all talked about Trekker in the past. But for the rest of you, were you already familiar with Trekker before joining the audio uh, series, or is this your really your first exposure to Trekker? I, I will own up that it has been on my to-read stack for quite a while. <laughs> and and any any comic fan, I'm being very, very general here, any comic fan has the to-read pile. Uh, yes. So when it first started getting mentioned that, hey, we, we have this idea, what do you think about doing this project? It's like, okay, well, that's going straight to the top of the pile. And yeah, on, on reading it, it's like, I am so in love with these characters and this world and give, give me more. How can I, how can I possibly be involved in this? I am, I am so lucky and so thankful that this came about. Awesome. That's fun to hear. I've, I'm, I've never been like deeply involved <laughs> with it, but over the years of buying people's nineties comic collections, I've, I've, acquired you know the first four or five issues and and read them and enjoyed them but never like got all the trades which which i'm doing now but like it's always been it's always been on my radar because of course the first time you see it like when it was coming out you think is this is this star trek related and (laughs) then you look at it go like no this looks like it's more blade runner like blade runner and yeah and then uh and then once I read it, it was like, it was sort of in the tier for me of like, of that time period of like Judge Dredd and stuff that, that, that was going on in the nineties. Then, and, uh, and it was also like filed away in my brain as something that survived 30 years, you know, which is, uh, it, if something isn't going right, it's not going to be coming out for 30 years. Yeah. So. That, that's so true. I mean, I just love hearing the, uh, you know, the peripheral experience that you've all sort of had in the past and then how this has impacted that. That's great to hear. And I know it has to excite Ron because, you know, that's the thing with Ron. He always wants more readers. So reaching new readers is fantastic. And, you know, it's great um, for you guys to have your love of it grow and get to share it with others. So I'm really happy to hear that. Um, but but coming back to Gene, that makes me think to come back to you because I know you as a longtime comics fan and comics is a very visual medium. So I, I must think that adapting Trekker for audio was a challenge. And I wonder what you found both most difficult and maybe most exciting about bringing the series to audio. Well, it, the most difficult actually isn't my part of it. <laughs> Because I can just write, hello, sound effects, gun battle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) So um, it was just when when I was breaking the comic down into the script, it was just a matter of, okay, how do I convey this visually so that the soundscape will will be right because i i don't want to necessarily say chris read this you yeah, yeah but you you and thomas both sort of underplay the difficulty of translating it and even in reading a script of either of these after having read the comic you go like ah oh, they just 
ah, they say the words right in the comic, and you can just translate. It's there is like a selective editing that has to go on in the writer's brain to be like, is this even translatable into a soundscape or something before it even goes? So when it goes on to the neither you know n- neither of you guys are gonna hand hand me something that just can't y- you know you don't pass the buck to me. So by the time <laughs> it gets onto the script. It's something that can be done. The question is just how, you know? Right. So Yeah. Well, uh, this, because many moons ago, I was involved with a Star Trek fan film series, and I was part of the, the writing and the direction and et cetera. So I just, I put that hat back on. I said, okay, if I was to be telling someone I am shooting this scene, what does it you know, what does it look like? I have to translate that into text because that's how you have to write for movies and TV and everything. So that I just did the exact same thing, but it's like, I'm right. I'm writing the script from the movie already. (laughs) So it's, it was a little bit easier than that. So don't, don't give me too much credit here, Chris. I think it takes real talent. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try not to. (laughs) well let me ask you gene as the showrunner what do you look for when you're casting an audio play well it goes back to the comic and i have read all of the trekker comics now and so i have i have in my head what mercy sounds like what molly sounds like what their journey together is you know what alex sounds like things of that nature. So I'm looking during the auditions, what uh, does this match what's in my head already? And I have to tell you that the group that we have made my job really, really, really hard Uh. (laughs) because they are all so good. But I have to say, and uh, when, when Amy and Femi read Mercy and Molly together, that was it. The light bulb went off. I'm like, wow, this is perfect. They have the interaction. They've got the characters down and it, so it was hard to make the, the final decision, but these ladies just nailed it. So that's exciting to hear. So let me ask you, Amy and Femi, kind of from your point of view, um, in auditioning, what was it like for you? You know, I'm curious about how you prepared and how you think it went. Well, I think it helps. Femi and I are actually friends. Um, we we know each other outside of this, so that adds a level of friendship, I guess. Yeah, there's it, there's definitely a a camaraderie that we have in real life, and we both got into voice acting at the same time. We went to the same school, ah. um, which which has been a great experience uh, to to do something like that with somebody that you already know, and it's definitely helped to build our friendship outside of career wise um but yeah when everything just clicked when i heard amy reading for the part of mercy it's like i i know where i'm going with this and i'd already auditioned for molly uh because i liked the character so much but i i definitely definitely think that what she brought to mercy brought out the uh the the more human side of molly Uh rather than just i am i am reading a script and this is a 
this is a small blonde record shop owner. Okay, I can do this voice. And it was, no, this is a person who loves another person, who loves their docs, who who is supportive. Oh, I get it now. Oh, this makes sense. There's a real light bulb moment. Awesome. Uh, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear how enthusiastic everyone is about this. And, and and now I really want to talk about another aspect we hinted at earlier, because, you know, besides the scripts, besides the cast, this is an audio drama. So one of those important elements is the sound design. And we have Chris Honeywell with us today, who is in charge of all that. So Chris, uh, I really want to know what it's been like to try to create the atmosphere and the environment that's needed for a series like Trekker through sound effects and music. This one's going to be different. <laughs> um, we've done science fiction stories before this, but they've been adaptations of really cheesy public domain old comic books you know so old pulpy so they've been very flash gordon-y and comedic with the science fiction a aspect of them you know they've been very uh broad so and with strangers in paradise i'm doing pretty much everything but science fiction so far i don't want to count out that it won't pop up somewhere in the future because <laughs> i haven't read that far ahead in strangers in paradise but i've been challenged to be do things like a gritty beating in a back alley or you know here all the characters are presented like cartoon characters and stuff like that so it's been challenging where i have to do all sorts of different things and with the public domain comics some of them are westerns and stuff but this is the first self-contained genre world I'm going to have to do. So I'm already starting to collect sound effects for so I can have, you know, I don't want a canned universe in it. I want to build it from, you know, the ground up. So if I'm going to have s backgrounds for familiar, you know, if there's any sort of um, environment that the characters spend a good amount of time in, I will have that environment prepared for it, you know, so it, the spaceships will have their individual sounds. And uh, I think what's going to be the most um, um, time, I'm going to put the most time consuming in, in this one is the weapons. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. when we were talking to Ron Randall, you know, there, there's somewhere between a an old fashioned gun in a gangster movie and, uh, and, uh, and a laser gun. You know, so they've got elements of both, but they have the feel of a of a of a gun shooting a, a bullet out rather than a laser beam. But they're futuristic, so I'm going to be probably doctoring up a lot of different kinds of uh, modern weapons into in the spa slightly space weapon sound, and um, I get to design all sorts of cityscapes and stuff and. It's good. It's good. I'm really looking forward to it. I've been actually collecting stuff ahead of time before I even have to to put it together. Just so when when I do, um, so I'm very I'm very excited about that part. And then on top of it, it knowing that Ron Randall and the 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 comic plays out like an old radio show. That's what I really, um, you know, I, I I can really hear that in my head because like. Gene was saying, I grew up listening to, you know, mystery, you know, mystery theater on, on the radio, on AM radio at night and scaring the hell out of me. Nice. So, and my, really any instruction I've had in sound 
was in film school. So my ear towards sound is very cinematic. You know, it's more of, and, and with Strangers in Paradise, there's been a lot of, uh, I've had to, to build a scene and actions without a narrator saying what's going on. So it, very much like a movie. So I, I, I think I think like that a lot more. So I think that's going to be a big help with Trekker because it's, you know, visually it's, it's almost got a lot of like, like Blade Runner. It's got a lot of stuff to it. So I'll, I'll be thinking more in my head, Western movies and Blade Runner and futuristic dystopian, you know, frontier stories for this and hopefully it'll it'll translate well i i don't think it's going to be a problem artistically the the hard part is going to be putting it all together you know putting the every little gunshot and bullet hit in there but i'm looking i'm really looking forward to this it's really exciting to hear you talk about all of that i have complete confidence i can't wait to hear it all oh gun sounds I don't want to build anybody up too much, but <laughs> it will be the greatest thing you've ever heard in your life. The way you talk about the futuristic gunfights, it makes me think that they're, they're laser guns that are going pew, 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 but in a New York accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm shooting here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> pew, 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 I said. It's, it's going to be sort of like a laser version of Bugsy Malone, if anybody remembers <laughs> Bugsy Malone, the gangster movie with the little kids yes. with the shot cream puffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I can't wait to hear, hear those laser blasters fire. <laughs> It'll be good. Well, this is effectively season one, and it adapts the initial story that introduces Mercy St. Clair to fans. I'd like to find out what are some of the highlights or key elements that each of you think were most important to fit into this first season. And I'll start with Amy. What what was important to you? Um, it was important knowing um, who Mercy is, where she's coming from, who is in her life. Um, Molly and, and Scruff are really important to her. Or Scuff, sorry. And, um, you know, she's, she has a complicated relationship with her uncle her uncle just wants to keep her safe but she wants to be who she's supposed to be and it's important for people to know that you know yeah origin stories are so important in that that introduction Femi what are some of your thoughts well I love the way he does and it's been mentioned before the narration through the story where you get a little bit of that that inside knowledge which is incredibly helpful when you're trying to adapt a uh, a visual medium into strictly audio uh so the the way that that lends itself towards building the scene and and building the inner workings of the characters uh is so incredibly important especially in these early days of the story because not everything is going to be in the soundscape not everything is going to be in the dialogue between characters so i love that it's it's there because it helps us and and i love the way that Chris has been adapting it too. Hmm. Ah, Chris, what else would you add? Um, like for me, the the first thing you know, there's a lot of the character stuff that's going to be up to the actors and Gene, and uh, and then so I have to look at I look at the story, and th with this, fortunately, 
It's it's got narration and it's all elements that are familiar elements to me. It's a it's a collection of d- familiar elements. So that then I think like the most important part right before I get editing is to actually after you know I've I've read the script, I've listened to everybody record their lines, so that's all in my head. Then I go back to the vision the pure visual aspect of it. Because with the comic, you have the, the dialogue and then the visual to make the, the, the flow of that particular comic or story or whatever, the, the story he's telling in, in that particular issue. So then that's where I take the visual aspect and try to be like, how am I going to make this episode flow similarly to that? To, to ca- try as much as I can to capture the feel of it. And so far, that's been very handy with Strangers in Paradise, because sometimes a facial expression on somebody will give away the whole feel of the scene, and I'll pick a musical cue because of that. So, I'm imagining, I like, going into the process, there's only so much I have planned. Like, when I sit down to edit this, I'll have the music that I want, a, 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 a... set of um sound effects which actually could get discarded i might end up having to get new ones and then when i get the visual aspect right i'll I'll read the comic right before i go to edit it and then try to play it out so when i listen to it it plays out like the comic in my head ideally um (laughs) whether or not i how what percentage of that i hit is for me to know <laughs> everybody else can judge for themselves at that point, you know, but that's what I'm going for. I love hearing about your process and plans for that, Chris. Let me circle to Jean and ask you uh, to comment any more about highlights and elements that you are really keeping in mind for this first season. Well, the main thing is like Chris said, to make sure that everyone knows that this is not, a canned world. This is a living, breathing world, and you're getting dropped in in the middle. Uh, this is not a Mercy St. Clair origin story. This is just another case she's on, and we're going to pick up stuff along the way, but you get the major things, her relationship with her uncle, her relationship with Molly, uh, how she handles the world in general, and once you have that baseline, then it's going to be you just take off from there and go on all these fantastical adventures with her. Oh, that's so true, Gene. I love you mentioning that because I, just like you said, I love the way Trekker starts in the middle of it. She's already a Trekker. It's just, we hit the ground running and we're on an adventure and we get her backstory sprinkled over time. And that's the perfect way to get it. It never slows down the story. It's always perfectly timed when we learn something about her past. So uh, I love hearing you say that, Gene. That's that's terrific. And that sort of leads me into uh, my next question, which is, you know, what is it about the, the setting, the location? What's about the characters that make each of you hope that it's going to be successful and you'll get to do additional seasons to continue the story? Well, really, it's... Uh it's up to us to continue. <laughs> we, we are not beholden to anyone, but uh, what what I really hope grabs the listeners is the characters and how they interact with each other, like I said. Because these characters, 
this is not a, we hit the reset button at the end of every series. This is everyone growing. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have some bad interactions with each other, but they're all going to grow. And that journey, especially with Mercy and Molly, is, I, I really hope that everyone is along for the ride with us because it's a wonderful journey. Hmm. So true. I've noticed with Strangers in Paradise, as I go along, I get more into it because I like the story. So if, if the, if, if the story stays intriguing and challenging for as long as, well, what, for like 30 years, then we got like lots <laughs> guaranteed work. <laughs> I just need Ron's next Kickstarter to be successful so oh, we have yeah. more material to record. Absolutely, <laughs> right. absolutely. Well, we have about 30 years to worry about that by the time we get to that, unless yeah. we're insanely productive. The rate we're going to go. <laughs> what I Amy? really like about Mercy, is, what I really like about Mercy is that she's normal. There's no, she's not a super person, she's not a mutant, she's just normal and she's trying to navigate a life that she chose for herself and sometimes I don't think I don't know if she feels she chose correctly or if she should have done something else but there's something in her that just keeps moving her forward regardless I like how she grows I like how she matures I like how she makes a mistake and she owns up to it she's just normal What's been so exciting to talk about this production, and I want to ask, before we wrap up, what's the best way for Trekker fans to listen to the audio series, and how can they show their support for the show? Well, the best way to get all the information about Trekker, uh, all the links for the episodes, for our social media and everything, is to go to the Akadekagonagon Theater Works website, which is 8, that's the number 8, TW.Ninja. So 8TW.Ninja, we'll we post regular updates on all the shows. You'll be able to get links to the episodes, uh, links to our Twitter and our Facebook, and hopefully more in the, <laughs> the coming years, months, whatever. I, I'm thinking way too long term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wrapping my brain around the point of I'll be in my 80s if we ever catch up with what <laughs> I'll be a brain in a jar that edits podcasts but then you won't need to sleep <laughs> the brain will still need to dream Gene <laughs> that's podcasting that's dreaming right there <laughs> living the dream <laughs> that's my dream to be a brain in a jar of saline solution <laughs> I'm thinking Futurama now. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you, Amy and Femi and Chris and Jean, for inviting us in to be part of this project and inviting us in uh, today to chat with you all, to hear the first episode being recorded and to get a chance to sit down and interview all of you. It's been so much fun for us. I wish you so much success. And uh, I just want to ask Gene, are there any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners before we go? Uh, just that any fan of Trekker, and you, you have to be a fan of Trekker if you're listening to Trekker talk, then you will enjoy this series. We love the characters and the stories as much as you do. So trust me, you will have fun 
hopefully as much fun listening as we had recording. My experience listening today, I second that wholeheartedly. Yes, I'm so looking forward to it. Thank you again for your time. I wish you the best of luck with the show. We'll definitely be listening. Can't wait to tune in. I'm so excited. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us today. Thank you. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening to this. My name is Mercy St. Clair, and I'm a trekker. Not a very glamorous job, but not according to some group called the Akadekagonagon Theater Works. And me. I think your adventures can be very glamorous. Oh, come off it, Molly. What I do is dirty, dangerous, and frustrating. Maybe. But I know I like hearing about what you do, and now other people can as well. That's where you come in. Yes, you. The one I started talking to before being interrupted. Head on over to 8TW.Ninja and look for my adventures as dramatized by the Akadekagonagon Theater Works and some guy named Ron Randall. Or else. Mercy! Ron Randall's Trekker, a new audio drama by the Akadekagonagon Theater Works, presented through the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. Coming summer 2021. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we've received since last time. First off, we want to thank Amy, Femi, Chris, and Jean for taking the time to talk with us. It was great fun, and we can't wait to hear the finished production. It was so exciting for us to be there for that first recording session, and we want to thank Jean for inviting us to be a small part of the new Trekker audio adaptation. We had a great time recording our small cameos, and we know that Ron Randall also recorded a cameo. Thank you so much for making that happen, Jean. The recording session included several scenes from the first and second episodes, as well as promos. The atmosphere was welcoming and friendly, and all throughout there was lots of laughter, great questions, encouraging suggestions, and a real sense of camaraderie. It was easy to tell those involved enjoy each other's company and respect each other's talents. There was a real team spirit and obvious love for this project. Gene Hendricks kept everything running smoothly as he directed the recording session, while Akadekagonagon founder Thomas DJ and sound designer Chris Honeywell provided input and support. It was a treat to hear Amy Riddle's and Femi London's performances as Mercy and Molly. They definitely capture the two main characters' personalities very well. We have total confidence that the new Trekker audio series is going to be a great success, and we encourage all Trekker fans to try it out. Moving on to Trekker news, be on the lookout for Ron Randall's next Kickstarter campaign, coming July 6th, for the new book, Reckoning on Rigel. Ron has already shared the cover, which is a stunning and moody image of Mercy and Molly with colors by Jeremy Colwell. We're so excited and can't wait to check out the Kickstarter. And next, we want to thank all of you for your feedback. We really appreciate everyone who took the time to comment and to get in touch with us. Podcrasher Tim Price wrote to say, I don't have Chapel Town yet, but the story sounds fantastic. I love the idea of mixing Mercy with a Western. It's on my list. Great, Tim. I hope you enjoy it. John Baker from 3 If By Space wrote, As always, Ruth and Darren knock it out of the proverbial park with their passion for Trekker and desire to paint a picture in our minds of Ron Randall's work. 
John continued, saying, I always enjoy Ron's use of differing perspectives to dial in subtleties into the story and enhance the ambiance. John also shared this. The truth is, Sheriff Pell's pheromone thing is kind of my secret desire, and though work on it progresses, I'm afraid the ladies are able to keep their senses around me pretty easily. Perhaps a new deodorant is called for. Funny, John, but knowing you as well as we do, we know that is nowhere near the truth. Trucker supporter Mark at Green Lantern HG shared his thoughts, saying, Awesome episode, guys. Just hearing Mercy's adventures makes me want to read it again. Brian Mulvey wrote to say, Your latest podcast was a lot of fun to listen to. Fast-paced and exciting. Thank you, Brian. Austin Appleby wrote, saying, I was confused at first because I forgot episode 31 was just a preview of Chapeltown. It's great to know there's been enough time since that very first Kickstarter campaign to release this. Also, it's exciting hearing you both talk about the recent Hunter's Moon Kickstarter and some of the goodies such as the pens. Thank you again for all of the time and work putting the episode together. I had not read the book in some time, so it was a joy to return to an earlier trekker. And Lynn Randall wrote to let us know she loved the promo video we created for the last podcast. Thank you, Lynn. And we heard from Ron Randall as well. He had just finished listening to episode 36 and wrote to say, You are so kind, thoughtful, and thorough in your presentation, and it's always a delight. I'm so grateful for all of your support. You are so sweet to say that, Ron. We're so thankful for your kind words and your gracious support and for the wonderful world of Trekker that you give to readers and fans like us. Next, we want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since the last episode. These are people who liked or shared posts from us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and we sincerely appreciate all of your support. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, please let us know, and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know, and we'll correct that next time as well. Anthony Procanti, Ashford of the Ride On Network. Austin Appleby. Brian Ng. Brian Mulvey. Chris at BTO and Bat Books of The Professor Frenzy Show. Chris Lydon. Clinton Robison of Coffee and Comics. Crater Talks with Christopher Calloway. Cullen Stapleton from The Worst Comics Podcast Ever. Derek William Crabb of the Fan Holes Podcast and History of Comics on Film. Dr. G. Man of Nerdology of the Pulp to Pixel Podcast. Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions. Jerry Green of the Professor Frenzy Show. Green Lantern HG. Helioscope Studio. Jared Albrecht, the Yard Cell Artist. Jeff and Rick Presents, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Joe Crawford of the Blog for the Non-Discerning Reader. John Baker, who does sci-fi TV reviews at 3 If by Space. Katie Artistry of After the Shifting, the Longbox Crusade podcast with Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin. PJ Kilgannon. Paul Hicks of Waiting for Doom and the DC OCD podcast and The Gary Show. Writer Paul Story. Randy Andrews, the sci-fi guy of Soundtrack Alley. Ranger Gord. Ron and Lynn Randall. Ruth Rice. Sean Ross of Pulp to Pixel and the Secret Wars podcast. Talk Nerdy to Me. The Huntress Podcast, Podcrasher Tim Price from The Outcasters, Tom Smith of Bad for Your Health Entertainment, Vic Sage of The Retroist and Radio Memories Podcast, and Warren Montgomery of Will Lil Comics. As we wrap up this feedback section, we want to say a special thank you to our friend Mark at Green Lantern HG. He knows why. Take care, friend. Thank you all, and we'll be right back after we play a promo that we think you may enjoy. Why are we doing this again, Molly? It's simple, Mercy. Your adventures as a trekker haven't stopped, and neither has Ron Randall. Who's Ron Randall? He's the writer and artist behind the comic books that star you, me, and Scuff. 
Oh, him. So what does he want? An autograph? No. He wants people to help fund his Kickstarter. They can go to trekkerkickstarter.com and find out how to back the project and what rewards they can get. They might even get to share an adventure with you. What? I'm not taking some wet-behind-the-ears wannabes out to get themselves shot up. Where did he get an idea like that? Well, he's done it successfully before. (sighs) Typical. Ron Randall's Trekker has a new Kickstarter beginning this summer. Remember to go to trekkerkickstarter.com for all the information on backer rewards, stretch goals, and how you can help bring the next Mercy St. Clair adventure into reality. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly or have something you would like to have read on the show, then please send an email to trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can easily find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the name TrekkerTalk, and you can visit our website for links to all of our social media pages. And that web address is... TrekkerTalk.com Thank you, Charlotte and Catherine, of the excellent Mark Smith's podcast for that clip. You can listen to our show through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and all of our episodes are always available at TrekkerTalk.com and at RadAdventuresNetwork.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Network. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all of the episodes of all of our podcasts, including Trekker Talk, as well as Xenozoic Xenophiles about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. And remember, at trekocomic.com, you'll find a new page of material every Monday, as well as links to all of the ways you can find Ron Randall. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Trekker Talk. Talk is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, visit comicspodcast.com. We are not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music, Movies, and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Music